You will turn to John 17. We speak in our language of a last will and testament. I have filled out many last will and testaments several times. Every time you go to deploy, you got to fill out a will and who's going to get what and where the children go and all those things and something that's I've been through a lot of time and 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 got to consider a lot. Now I titled this Christ's will and testament. He's going to tell the Father what his will is. I recommend we heed it. If you have if you have an interest in Christ, we may want to hear the reading of his will. There, there might be some folks in this room one day that'll see him as he is, see him face to face, and, and see his will come to pass. I always think it's so amazing, just in, in, world, in the world, it's always amazing to me that uh, people, they won't listen to a person while they're alive for anything whether it's a relative or a, a mom and dad or whatever, they won't listen to a word they have to say, and they despise them. They hate them all the way to the grave. And then if their will, last will and testament says, I want you to wear a clown suit and do hula hoops, they'll say, all right, well, fine. And they'll do it, won't they? They'll, do, they'll honor their final wishes, won't they? And that's just one evil person to another evil person. They obey a final request. Our Lord has been speaking to these 11, these apostles from chapter 13. And he's praying after he gave them all the instruction that he's given them from chapter 13. We've been looking this, at this for over seven months. I went and looked at the timeline. Not a drop in the bucket. We could spend another seven years just looking at this chapter alone and not scratch the surface. I want to look at one verse, one sentence today. We'll see it darkly. Paul said, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And I heard a friend of mine say this from a couple of decades ago. It just clicked with me. It's like a welder's mask. I don't know if any of y'all have ever looked through a welder's mask. You flip that little thing down. And you can't see nothing. And then after a little bit, you can kind of make out there might be something over there. <laughs> That's through a glass darkly. Though we know in part, it's good for us to get the best sense of the text that we can. I'll be as plain as I can be on this one sentence that we're looking at. Who's speaking to whom? What are they speaking about? What's the context of this? Who does it concern? And what's the result? What's the outcome of it? Look here in verse 24. John 17, verse 24. Our Lord's praying in his high priestly prayer. And he's coming to the end of it. He said all the I haves we looked at before. He says here in verse 24, John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, and that they may behold my glory, 
which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Who is speaking and to whom? Christ is speaking. The Lord Jesus Christ in a human body on this earth as the representative for his people speaks to the Father. That's who he's talking to. Six times in this prayer, he says, Father. Father, this is the sixth time. He begins in verse 1 with Father. That's how the whole thing starts. Father. He cries in verse 5, O Father. In verse 11, he calls him the Holy Father. In verse 25, he says the Righteous Father. O Father. Righteous Father. Holy Father. This is not a child buttering up his parents. My children don't brag too much to me about me, but I've heard from teachers they have nice things to say about their daddy. I was afraid to ask what it was. They said, they talk a lot about you. I said, "Uh uh-oh. But this isn't a child buttering up the parent. This is holy communion from God the Son to God the Father. And he speaks plainly. And he says, Father, I always remember that in John 14. He said, I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. He didn't say I was going to pray to the Father. I was going to pray with the Father. He says, I pray the Father. He speaks directly. We pray or talk to pray our Father. He says, I'll pray the Father. And he shall, he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. We read for our scripture reading what some people call the Lord's Prayer. And that's not the Lord's This is the Lord's high priestly prayer. This is him praying in chapter 17 of John. In Matthew 6, he says, After this manner, pray ye. (laughs) He's teaching you how to pray. You reckon we'd have enough sense to listen and pay attention and do what he says? It's plain as day. It ain't hard. After this manner, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy Father. He's taught us that his name's hallowed. Thy kingdom come. Oh, glorify yourself to your kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Feed us. His body needs to be fed, but give us Christ today. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. And don't lead us into temptation. Don't leave us to ourselves, but deliver us from evil. We're not to be flippant, and we're not to make our demands to the Lord. We petition. We inquire of. It says there in verse 24, Father, I will. This is him praying. You pray this way. Father, your will be done. This is God the Son praying to God the Father. And he says, I will. I will. I've heard men say, I command you in the name of Jesus, blah, 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 or be healed or come out or whatever. I've heard people say that they will that this or that. We're just going to will our health and we're going to will money come to us or we're going to pray the Father. Father, I will that I get that promotion at my job. I will that the cancer go away. We ain't got enough sense to know what trials we need and what trials we need stopped. And those that pray that way, I recommend strongly to them 
Better be careful. Better, you better stop trying to twist God's arm and get him to do what you want to do with your big old long prayer list and all that nonsense. God, the Bible kills people. Better watch how we approach him. He's holy. Our master said, pray ye, <laughs> thy will be done. You want to Father, glorify your name. <laughs> your will be done. <laughs> Forgive us. Come quickly. Oh, what I need to learn. What this world needs to learn. He said, Matthew 8, he said, Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. We could learn a whole lot from that, couldn't we? I may stop it for a second. That leper came to the Lord and worshipped him. And he said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He didn't say make me clean. He didn't say I want to be made clean. He didn't say I just now I need this leprosy to go away because I got five kids to feed and I need to get back to work and blah, blah, blah. No. This is what worship is. If you will, you can make me clean. This is who you are. I need mercy. You're the one that shows mercy, and that's your glory. And he knew that. If you will. You call it worship? God calls it worship. Either, now, if somebody thinks something different, either you're wrong or God's wrong, and I don't think he's wrong because he ain't. We bow to him. He said, if you wilt, if it's your will, you make me clean. You do anything you want. You're God. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. He touched a leper, a contagious leper. This world's full of wicked men, isn't it? Right here's a wicked man. He came to save wicked men and women. He came to save lepers. Not those people, this people. You get that? Point, not pointing away with five fingers, pointing at this one. He touched that leper. He reached down his hand. He touched me. Uh, that's a miracle. And he said, I will. <laughs> if you will, you can make me clean. He just stated what he was capable of doing. And he said, I will be thou clean. And he cleansed him of his leprosy too. You get that? You get that? <laughs> if, you, if you don't, Lord needs to clean us before he cleanses of our leprosy, don't we? That archangel, Michael was there. He was contending with the devil about the body of Moses. The Lord calls his angels his holy angels. And people have these little figurines of plump white babies with wings on them. That ain't an angel. And if you met one, it'd scare you half to death. And this is the, the head one, Michael. And he was contending with Satan about the body of Moses and he durst not bring a railing charge against him. He didn't bring back an accusation. It's let me tell you something, Satan. You shut your, you know what I know? Do you know who I am? He said, but he said, Lord rebuke thee. What wisdom. What wisdom. But for our Redeemer, that's Michael the Archangel. That's that leper. That's, it. that's us. Pray ye after this manner. But for our Redeemer, the master, the king. He's the only one who has ever earned favor with the father. He's the only one ever who's earned the right to address the holy, righteous father in such a way to say, Father, I will. The heavens opened. His actions and his 
The heavens open up and it declare, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Our, our Lord prayed once. And this is the whole prayer. We get long-winded, don't we? And then one person tries to outdo the other person, and the next thing they pray for 45 minutes. God prayed to God and said, Father, glorify thy name, period. That's it. And there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. <laughs> yes, son. He's so happy. Heavens don't know he spoke down. We could, man, people could hear it. And you know what people said? It thundered. Oh, we're dumb, ain't we? Because of who's speaking? The Holy One of Israel. And who's hearing? The Father. What can, what can he do? Uh, keep us for eternity, can't he? Anything. We know because of who's speaking and who they're speaking to that this will be heard. It will come to pass. That's assurance. Assurance. Prayer does not change things. The God we pray to changes things. I was going to credit that to David Edmondson, but I think it's a little older than he. <laughs> That's so. He says in verse 24, Father, I will. I will. If you've got a King James Version Bible, it's accurate. It says, Father, I will. Not This isn't a wish. In, in the New King James and the Amplified and the American Standard, it all says, I desire. I desire. That's not a desire. It says, I will. I looked it up. <laughs> it's not a want. That's, that's the NIV version and, and a whole list of other ones, different translations of the Bible. That's not what it says. It says, I will. This is the will of God the Son. That means I determine. Here's what I'm going to do. This is what's going to come to pass. I will it. I will. What's his will? Well, we know him and the Father are one on we read in John 6, I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Is his will any different than the Father's? Of course not. And this is the Father's will which he has sent me, that all of which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. He chose a people. He purposed a people, and I came to purchase the people. They're one in will. That means one in determination. And that's good news to the ones that's given to Christ. That's good news. Hebrews 10 tells us, it says, Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. And then Paul goes on, By the which will, because of that, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Because he's about, that's the hour's coming. That took place. And because of that, because of, his will to save that people, we're sanctified. We'll see that servitude here a little towards the end. So God the Son declares to God the Father what he wills. He says, Father, I will that they also. We'll take out that parentheses part, those commas. I will that they also be with me where I am. What does he will? That they be with me where I am. His will is that they be with him where he is. Who does this pray, this prayer for, this will, for, for them to be in the, his presence? Who does that concern? Well, now it's where the commas come in. Those whom thou hast given me. We'll see the assurance of this later that the Lord gives us. But it needs, this needs said first. This is only for those 
those that will be in the presence of, of Lord Jesus Christ for eternity will only be those that are given to him by the Father. He says in verse 2, Thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Verse 8, For I have given unto them the words thou gavest me, and they, those that I've gave their your words to, they've received them. And they know surely I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. It came in power. It says in verse 9, I pray for them, not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. They are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Verse 11, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. We're kept. Those that are given are, are kept. They're given his word. They believe the word. It comes in power. They're kept. It says in verse 14, I've given them thy word. And the world's hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Verse 22, And the glory which thou hast given me, I've given them. Those you've gave to me, I've given my glory to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. And then he says, Father, I will that they also, that's who he's talking about, whom thou hast given me, be with me, where I am. I pray they're with me where I am. Where is he? Where was he then? And where is he now? Our minds read this. In our cell, we sit down and pull out the Word of God and on a front porch or a recliner, and we sit down and we read these things. And you know what I think of? Y'all probably different than I am. He says, I pray, Father, that I will, those you've gave me, they be with me where I am. I'm going to glory. I'm going to be with him where he is. I'm going to see him face to face. I'm here now, but I'm going to go to where he is. That's what my mind thinks first. That's my heart's desire to be with him. My heart desires that too. But heaven is wherever Christ is, isn't it? That's Man, I respect uh, in the world and worldly-wise concerning worldly things. I, I think highly of him. But bless his heart, no one's ever told him. He, he's made his reservation. And he has a good hope because when he dies, he's going to heaven. You don't know what that is. Some fellow told Henry at one time, a preacher, so-called self-appointed, self-anointed or whatever preacher. He said, uh, 40 years ago, I made my reservation in heaven. He said, I hope you didn't put your name down. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> You're there on the name of another. That fellow's so worried to death that he's going to get to go to heaven. Heaven's Christ. That's wherever he is. I don't like the desert. I don't like tents much. But if it's a desert and a tent, he's there, I'll love it. And if it's real cold and windy, I'll love it because he's there. That's the best wind that ever blew. I love that snow. Look at all. <laughs> I can't enter into that now, but it's so. That's where we think of right now, where he is now. He's with us always, isn't he? The hour's come. 
Christ is about to go to the cross. This is, he's wrapping up this prayer. Judas is coming next. And the Father, or Christ says to the Father, I want him with me where I am. He's about to go to those cross. And all those that given to him, that were purposed before time, they're in him on that cross. That's good news. That's good news. Sin's been dealt with. Sin's put away. Remember what I was talking about? Where the sin? <laughs> this ain't a math problem. This is a person problem. And I'm the person. I'm the man. And he's put sin away. He told Matthew 16, he spoke to his disciples. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow, follow me. He gave his, the, the cost of discipleship, didn't he? If you don't forsake your father and your mother and your husband and your children and your grandchildren and the place you grew up with and everything else and your job and all the comforts of life and everything else, if those things are more important than me, well, I just got to keep my family together, then you ain't worthy to be my disciple. Kevin, that's too harsh. Take it up with God. He said it. That's plain. It? This isn't a, a, a form we fill out. And this isn't a checkbox we got to accomplish. This is a life. This is love, isn't it? He said, if a man won't take up his cross and follow me, be none of him. He said, for whosoever shall save his life was going to lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There'll be some people in this room going to see God face to face. So we're going to have to bear some affliction between now and then because this life's full of trouble, isn't it? He was in trouble. Did he go through a bunch of suffering? They said, you're, just, you're about, what, 50 years old? He's way younger than me. <laughs> Being around this sin-cursed earth. We're around this sin-cursed earth. He wasn't of this world. We're not of this world. That took a toll on him. Takes a toll on us. Much differently, though, because we're wicked. And he said to us, though, he said, Verily, verily, I'll send you a servant not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent greater than he that sent him. I went through, do you think you're going to go through this stuff? You're going to be where I am. You're going to be fellow sufferers with Christ. Not so we can say, oh, look at all the things we had to endure. No, you're going to suffer those things and say, I know what he suffered, and this ain't a drop in the bucket. It's a lot of afflictions. I was talking to Brother Angus the other day, and he said, how's it going? I said, oh, a lot of afflictions. <laughs> Ain't nothing. He knows what I meant. He says later in John 15, he said, remember the word I said unto you? He told them, and he said, do you remember? <laughs> the servant's not greater than his Lord. He goes, if they've persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Didn't he pray earlier in John 17? Leave them in the world. I've sent them. i got something for them to do. Leave them there. The world's going to hate them. He said, they'll persecute you also. If they've kept my saying, they'll keep your sayings too. You'll walk together with those you're with. You can't be unevenly yoked. You can't go worship with somebody in a different boat. You can't fellowship with somebody in a different ship, can you? With him in distress and trial and service, that's where we'll be. Paul told Timothy, he said, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Like they threw me in jail, even under bonds. But the word of God's not bound. 
Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He says, it is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. And if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. We're with him in distress. We're with him on the cross. We're with him in eternity past. But we're with him on the cross. We're with him and he's with us in our distresses. We're with him. He's with us in our trials and in our service to him. What he sent us to go do. He says, I sent him out. He's with me in fulfilling the joy. I wrote this down. Submission is not grievous, it's liberating. I preached one wedding. I hope uh, maybe in the future, if the Lord's pleased, I'll be able to preach another wedding. But, uh, but we hear about submit and submission, a wife submitting to her husband and what that truly means, not grit your teeth and say, I'll do what you say. That's not submission, that's disgusting. Uh, but true submission, it's a liberating thing. It's a good thing. It is. Uh, Karen experienced that one time. Her grandma told her I'd bought a truck. Karen said, I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> What'd she tell you? She said, he's got to pay for it. Let him worry about it. You don't need to worry about that. That's so, isn't it? Now, in, in practice, that was, worse. That, that was the only piece of advice grandma gave you. Is bad. <laughs> I went and bought two more trucks. But that's on me. They on her. You don't have to worry about those things. Lord made me to worry about those things. And that's just in life. When we submit to our Lord, take everything to take your burden to the Lord, leave it there. He's on his throne. This is right. Eat your ham sandwich. You'll be okay. It's not grievous, that's liberating. And service to God. For what he's given us to do, it's not a chore. It's a joy. It's a joy. If we work as unto the Lord, we ain't working for a company. We ain't working for a bureaucracy. We ain't working for some wicked little old man that ain't me. Working unto him. If we're, if we're in prison, that's what that one man was in prison in Andover, and he said, I'm writing from the Lord's palace in Andover. <laughs> Paul was in the Lord's palace in Rome, wasn't he? It's a joy. That's what the Lord told us in chapter 15. He said, these things I've spoken unto you that you might have joy, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that laid down his life for his friends. He called us friends. He laid down his life for us. What is it for me to sacrifice for my family? Nothing. It's joy. That's love, isn't it? He said, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father I've made known unto you. This is for your good and for my glory. You know that. The world don't know that. Why are we here on this earth? You know the answer to that. <laughs> Lord has people, he's going to save them. And he's going to get all the glory for it. For the joy set before him. Hebrews 12 says, Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the God, right hand of the throne of God. That's where he is now. Isn't he? he went to prepare a place for us. Remember that in John 14? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. What's that place? A mansion? Streets? No, that's a place of reconciliation. 
a place of atonement, at one meant oneness. He said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He was with us always. Yep, and the time wasn't, time, it wasn't yet time for us to be with him in glory. <laughs> How do I know if I'm one of those that's given to Christ? He wills that they be with him. Will it be because of suffering? Well, that couldn't be it. I know a ton of people that suffer. <laughs> mean people and crazy people and everything else. Well, it ain't the suffering that's going to prove that. Lots of people suffer. What about clean living? <laughs> you can quit smoking and cussing and chewing and running with those that do. What about having all the correct doctrines and you found the right place to go to church? Hell be stocked full of those kind of people. Beholding and adoring Christ as he reveals himself. That's how our assurance comes from. He said up in verse 3, he said, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's eternal life. Knowing him, loving him, adoring him. He says, Father, verse 24, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. That. We're going to be with him. We'll be with him on that cross. We're going to be with him in all of our trials and all of our joys and all of our servitude and everything. And then in that day when he comes to take us home, we'll be with him. And we're going to be with him where he is that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. They can see how glorious I am. Christ willed this. He willed that we be with him, that those given to him behold his glory. Every one of them. Do you find him glorious? Or is it stone cold facts? Is it deductive reasoning? Or is it a person that saved you? Has he revealed himself in power? Is he glorious? That's what Moses asked. He said, Lord, if, if you don't go with me, don't let me go. And I get it. And he said, I'll go with you. And he beseeched him one more time. Didn't he? <laughs> he didn't say, I will that you tell me about your glory. He said, I beseech thee. I beseech thee. That's what Abraham went down there and prayed for Lot and Sodom. He said, Lord, he said, I will that you bring Lot out of there. No. He said, if there's 50, would you, would you bring them out? Would you spare this? If there, what about 10? What about five? Whittle down to one if there's one. And righteous Lot was in there. <laughs> Just and righteous Lot. He brought him out. Didn't he? Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I want to see you glorified. Show me your glory, Lord, so I can rejoice in your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I'll show mercy on whom I will show mercy. What's your glory? Mercy. What's your glory? Grace. What's your glory? Revealing your name to your people. Passing your goodness in front of them. His glory is that he's the just one and the justifier through Christ, showing mercy to an undeserving people because he took Moses and he put him in a cleft of the rock and he said, now you can be in my presence if you're in the rock. That's merciful and gracious and good. That's glorious. 
That's glorious. What's the result of seeing the glory of God? Love. Love. Turn back to John 13. We got time to do that. John 13. Verse 31. This is what it started with, wasn't it? Up in verse 1, John 13. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, this hour, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them to the end. Remember this all the same night. That's how it starts. Now look down verse 31. He had sent Judas out. They all thought he was doing something important. What was he? John 13, 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. That's the theme, isn't it? That's what's this concerning. <laughs> little children. Yet a little while am I with you, you shall seek me, as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, here's the result of us seeing Christ high and lifted up, his glory. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Not if you have your doctrine straight, not if you show up to church on time, not if you read your Bible and you're real diligent and you're super churchy and you got a bunch of stuff memorized. If you have love one towards another. That's the stimulus for this whole thing. That, that's, the, that's the motivation. That's the start of it. Of purposing salvation. Of purchasing salvation. Of proclaiming salvation. Of doing all of it. It begins this whole night. <laughs> it begins and it ends with love. Doesn't it? Look back at verse 24. John 17, 24. He's wrap, wrapping this up. And he says, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, right now and forevermore, in every way and every, everything, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Hmm. Because of the love of the Father, that he has for the Son, we're given life, and we see this glorious salvation. That ain't a bumper sticker, is it? That's blasphemous. That's a love of an eternal God with an everlasting love towards the undeserving people in mercy and in graciousness because he wanted to. It was his will, and we're with him, and we will shall be with him. For his name's sake. Isn't that it? I, I'd like to ask people, so you Christian? Unless they have another faith, you know, well, I'm a Muslim or I'm a Jew or something. So who's going to say no? Most people say yes, but yes. Why? We used to call that an army stump, the chump. <laughs> why? If you're in Christ, why? For Christ's sake. For his glory's sake, for his name's sake. That's what the Lord said over and over. But 
one of my favorites, Isaiah 43, said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake, for my name's sake, and I will not remember thy sin. That's love. One sentence. <laughs> I didn't scratch the one sentence either, did I? All right, let's <clears throat> turn to hymn number 112. We'll stand.